Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile. Hello, welcome to My Property World. I'm Will Mellard, and today I'm joined on the topic of what do we look for in a property investment. And the, the two people who are asking, or, or I suppose answering this question indeed, um, have become so enamored with the idea that they've, they've formed a business around quality investor packs. So, very warm welcome to Carol Yuan and uh, Antoine Dufresne. You're very welcome, guys. Hi, Will. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Yeah. So, guys, t tell us um, where are you at now? Where in the world are you based? Um, what's what's going on in your property world? Yeah, so we, um, we've been UK-based for a while, and we've uh, temporarily relocated to, to the south of France, where, where I'm originally from, uh, just, before, uh, just before Christmas. Um, and where we are in our property business, we, we're private investors. Uh, you know, we're looking to invest in other people's property projects, and we also run a business that's called Quality Investor Packs that helps uh, property entrepreneurs create quality investor packs to raise money for their projects. Well, that sounds really interesting. Uh, we're going to have to get you back for a, another podcast to delve into that because it's a, uh, it's a fascinating area around uh, how people can raise funds for their property projects. And of course, the investor relations uh, after people have invested, how you uh, maintain relationships. Um, I know you guys have, have got some um, both good experiences and good content around that. But in terms of your own property journeys, um, how, how did you get into uh, the, the property industry? What, what are your backgrounds? Right. So my background is in legal and compliance. Uh, so I trained as a barrister and solicitor and I was an FCA compliance specialist. So that meant I worked in FCA regulatory roles at various financial institutions for about 10 years in London. And at some point during my corporate career, I became disillusioned by it all and was looking for a way out of the rat race. And to cut a long story short, you know, that's how I stumbled upon property, you know, discovered that I really liked it. And in 2017, I made the decision to move full time uh, into property. And so my background is, uh, is in investment banking. I, I worked in, uh, in fixed income sales in uh, Paris first, then New York City and, uh, and eventually London. 
for about 11 years. And I discovered property through Karen. You know, we, we met in, in 2016 and she, she made me discover the world of property, uh, property investing, which I had uh, no idea existed. And since then, we've been uh, looking for investment opportunities together. That's really interesting. Like there's a um, people uh, often work away in, in little bubbles within their, their careers and um, time being a, a key constraint for a lot of people. Uh, they might be accumulating um, assets in other ways by either saving or pensions or, or other, other schemes uh, or, or indeed their own property, building up equity. But they... It, it doesn't enter most people's consciousnesses around how uh, how you might get involved yourself as a, an investor. So um, you you initiated it, uh, Karen. Tell us tell us a bit about uh, those early first steps. Right. So uh, I stumbled upon a Facebook advertisement uh, of a property education provider that was associated with the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. So that was a book that I had read many years ago and I really liked uh, the principles in it, but I didn't know how to go about applying it. And so when I came across this ad that you know, said it, they would teach me everything you know, that I needed to know uh, within this book, I thought, okay, you know, let's go for it. So I signed up for it. Um, and at that time I signed up for it with my brother who was um, feeling the same way I did about escaping the corporate world. And we started our journey uh, wanting to be property investors. So, so like most people, you know, we were looking to achieve that um, financial freedom figure by building a portfolio of buy-to-lets. And after we did our first uh, property project together, which incidentally was a flip because we couldn't find a buy-to-let that met our criteria, I realized that being hands-on wasn't for me. And that's when I decided to make that shift into becoming a, a private passive investor, which was to invest in other people's deals. Yeah, that, that's uh, fascinating. It's quite a, um, uh, a common pathway um, where, where people at some point realize that um, for all of the uh, risk and effort, um, often it's it's better uh, letting someone else do the hard bits um would, would that be your your experience like what and just so i'm clear were you uh were you working um as a uh, barrister at this point or, or or did you go boots and all into a full-time property investment uh, so no, uh, so when I started out along with my brother, we were both employed uh, full-time in our respective jobs. And, you know, we were advised uh, by, I guess, various people that it would be foolish to leave the corporate world behind, um, you know, basically as a very comfortable salary and setup and to jump headfirst into an industry that we knew more or less nothing about. So what we did was we used, I think, our annual leave uh, to start taking days off during the week so that we could view properties. Uh, and eventually that moved on to us negotiating sort of part-time uh, roles with the companies that we were at. So it was a very gradual process uh, before I decided to finally step out of the corporate world and move full-time into property. Uh, my brother, on the other hand, since I've mentioned him, uh, chose not to move into property. And instead, he is still uh, in his corporate job and a lot happier today where he is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Oh, very good. And and what what were the um, the early learnings that you you had when you were hands on? Uh, it was a very steep learning curve for the both of us. You know, having never done anything in the sort of building construction industry, you know, refurbishing a house was completely new to us. Uh, we, we learned that there were many helpful people in property, uh, which we, you know, reached out to, made connections with along the way. And we wouldn't have done as well on our first project without the help of these people. So for that, we are very grateful. Uh, but we also found that we didn't love property um, in terms of the way some people talk about it. You know, they really love refurbishing property. You know, they, they want to see a building come to life, you know, maybe put their stamp on it in terms of design. You know, this didn't really appeal to either one of us. And the idea of having to do the same for multiple properties, you know, potentially for a number of years, it wasn't what we wanted to do. So we didn't want to leave one job for another job that we weren't keen on, uh, which is why I made the decision to then partner with interesting people that we came across in property and work with them on projects that they were passionate about instead. That, that's um, really interesting how, how different people um, view the, the same, same thing. And um, one of my interviewees that is coming up uh, in the series uh, of, I think it's uh, another three or four days I'm interviewing them. They're, they're also um, uh, ex-British people who are currently in the, the south of France and they're doing a hotel restoration project. And uh, it sounds uh, awfully romantic at a high level, but um, the, uh, the passion that they bring to it is around you know what type of limestone mixing methods are going to be used for the render on the outside of the property uh, as opposed to the hardcore i suppose uh, financial and deal aspects that, that i'd be more interested in it sounds like uh that that's more your side of things like uh, i'm guessing at some point you just uh you just realized your your why was was not about the uh, the bricks and the um, and and the mortar aspects. It was it was more about uh, what you were able to do as a result of having a, a hands off investment. Would, would that be fair? Yeah, so my why was never about the bricks and mortar. Um, so I was born and raised in Malaysia and my family is still very much there. So one of my why was to um, have the freedom of choice, basically, to be able to spend time and visit my family when I wanted to. Uh, being in a corporate career, you know, came with the trappings of a corporate career. You know, you, you were given a set amount of annual leave and you really couldn't exceed that in any way. And I saw property as a vehicle to allow me that freedom of choice, uh, which is why I went into it. Uh, and that has not changed. I think so what has changed is possibly the, um, the discovery of what we really enjoy in property, which is not the building or restoration of the property, or perhaps, as you say, you know, lime scale, uh, limestone mixing, that really doesn't float my boat. But what we're really good at is what we have been doing, you know, for the past decade. Um, so using that corporate experience that we have and bringing it into property, we're finding that that's something that we really enjoy and are really passionate about. So that works really well for us. It's interesting. There's a um, there's a, a 
forget the person that the saying comes from, but the uh, it's basically that why big corporate businesses become big corporate businesses is they figure out how to do things better than the average small business and they start writing down their processes and procedures. Um, have you applied that uh, in your own um, property uh, journey? I think the idea for our business came from the fact that we were frustrated by a problem uh, that we stumbled upon when we were looking for property investment opportunities. So we didn't start out with, you know, what business do we want to do and how do we go about planning it? We were looking, simply looking for investment opportunities and we just found that journey to be quite difficult. And after possibly maybe about a, a year or so of doing it, we realized that there was something we could do to um, improve the situation and basically solve our problem. And in doing so, it was then likely to solve the problems that other people were facing as well. Because often they say when it's a problem for you, it's probably a problem for someone else. And I think we found that to be true so far. Yeah, and I can... Um... Totally see how your uh, respective backgrounds. Um, so, a, a barrister who's focused on FCA uh, compliance is a um, you know is a hugely valuable skill set within property and and indeed the wider investment uh, sector. But then, investment banking um, is is about the uh, the selling of uh, an idea uh, where someone has conceived a, uh, a business that might be a new combination of businesses, for example, and that the, uh, it needs to be uh, packaged and presented in a way to, uh, I suppose, fairly large-scale investors and, and bankers uh, who are going to fund uh, the investment bankers' deal. Um, so it's, it's a really interesting background, and you you guys um, uh, have have started to refine what you're looking for uh, in your own right as investors. So uh, apart from your quality investor packs business, and we we might just get a quick mention in about that. If someone was wanting to find out more about how uh, to get involved with your quality investors pack business. Uh, you, you run workshops and one-to-ones. What's the best website or uh, online place to find you? Yeah, so our website is uh, is the best place to find out about how we can we can help you. So that's uh, www.qualityinvestorpacks.com. So www.qualityinvestorpacks.com. And you have uh, resources and uh, all the information you need to uh, to find out about how we can help you. Great. Well, well, I look forward to getting your eyes back on for a bit more of a talk about uh, the quality investor pack uh, offering and and uh, helping people who are looking to raise funds and I, I suppose lifting the bar a little bit in, in that regard. But in terms of what what are you looking for now and what, how have you come up with uh, these criteria? Yeah, so what, we, what we're looking for, the way we, uh, we go about looking for investment opportunities is we want to get to know the people behind the deal first. Okay. You know, we, we don't even want to know about the deal 
until we're comfortable with the people be behind it, behind the organization, until we, we know, like, and trust them. You know, we, we think one of the most common mistakes people make when looking for investors is that they start looking for investors only after they found a deal. Okay, and you could have the most amazing deal to offer if the people don't are not comfortable with you, if they don't know you, if they don't trust you, you know, they, they're not going to be interested in, uh, in the deal. Um, so what we want is build relationships with people that, you know, we, um, we, we find um, promising, uh, that we think have potential and uh, get comfortable with them. And once we are, once we are comfortable, then we're happy to, to look at uh, investment opportunities together. And, and so uh, you, you take your time in that initial phase uh, regarding the, uh, the promoters or the, the, the people who are behind the, the deal. And, and presumably you look into uh, the entities and other connected parties. Um, T tell us a, a bit about what type of investment criteria um, and uh, are we talking residential or are we talking commercial? Uh, what, what's, what's your focus? Yeah, so we, we actually don't have a focus. Our, our focus is on, is on working, investing with people that we trust. So yeah, it could be commercial, it could be residential. As long as we're comfortable with the people behind the deal, we're going to be open to to looking at the and considering the investment opportunity. Uh, so we're quite flexible, you know, when it comes to uh, to the strategy, to the locations, to uh, you know, to the developers. What we what we want is just make sure that we have a diversified portfolio. So you know, a mix of secure loans and equity investments. And that we're not too concentrated uh, either on one strategy or one location or just you know have too much invested with just one uh, one business one person and that that principle of uh, diversification and spreading the risk I, I think that is one of the most uh, common mistakes people make um, in investment in general that they put all their eggs in one basket because uh, things change um, things don't work out, and if you're uh, all your money's in one place, uh, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing anytime, but um, uh, it's particularly bad if you've you've put your life savings or and these are your own life savings essentially that you've built up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's uh, savings from uh, from employment and uh, and investment uh, from when we were working full time, uh, you know, in, in corporate jobs. Um, and I, I think you're you're absolutely right. Right, you have to uh, you have to diversify not only within um, <clears throat> within the property industry, uh, you know, within uh, the property um, um, environment, but you, you also want to. Uh, diversified across different uh, different industries. You don't want to have all your money invested in property. You you want to be exposed to other asset classes and uh, and other markets as well. And when it comes to property, uh, you have to be aware that you know that that's a that's a risky type of investment. Some projects don't go well, um, so you you must be sure that you know, you uh, you're taking risk and you are well aware of the risks that you're taking uh, when when you invest. But that that applies to uh, to all sorts of investments. So it's important to, to be able to analyze deals properly. 
Right, and and what tell us about your um, your what you would regard as your um, most successful deal to date, uh, and it doesn't have to be by a particularly big one. Um, what um, and, and perhaps one that you uh, you got some learnings out of as well. I think the, the main learning from all our investments is that projects take a lot longer than uh, what is expected at the beginning. And you know, that, that's something that, we, that we've become comfortable with over time, as long as um, you know, the, the communication lines stay open throughout the project. And you know, we kept in the loop and kept updating on, on the progress. Um, you know, we, we haven't... Um, I mean, you know, touch wood, we haven't, uh, we haven't lost any money on any projects. Um, but yeah, certainly the, the deals are being delayed. And, you know, especially in, in the recent past, because of, uh, uh, of the impact of, uh, of the, the COVID-19 crisis on, on the property industry and just on availability of uh, building materials, availability of workers, uh, some sites being, being shut down and all that. Uh, we we yeah we've become a lot more aware of how long it takes to to get things done and how long it takes to uh, to exit um, to exit an investment as well and how long it takes to to refinance it uh, and get your money back or to or to sell it. Um, so yeah, I think the one thing we've learned the most is uh, is just timing. Yeah, things take time. Takes uh, it takes time to uh, to to get a project um, you know across the line in property. Very good. And um, what? what um, so, what, one thing that I'd be really interested in uh, hearing um, your 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 separate opinions. But what what would be? Um, so, assume that you've you've got comfortable with a um, a promoter or or uh, a developer that you're you're getting involved in a deal with. And you're starting to look at the information. What what are the the headline criteria in terms of um, the the risk side and the reward side that you'd you'd be looking to tick off before going too much further into a process? Yeah. So we, I think that's that's a, that's an excellent point that you're making, and that, that's one thing that that's important uh, when uh, developers communicate with potential investors is they need to be very clear about what they're looking for to make it easy not only for themselves but also for the investor to understand what what the investment opportunity is all about. Um, you know, the, the expected return on investment is not what's going to convince someone to invest in a project, but it certainly is what's going to attract someone to a project. So, so it's important to make it very clear what it is. In terms of our, our targets, um, we have uh, sort of like ballpark uh, expected returns, depending on the type of investments and, uh, and the security that, that's being offered. So just, uh, just as a guide, uh, for first charge loan, we'd be looking around 10%. Uh, second charge would be 15 to 20%. And equity investments would be 20% plus. And that, so that, that would all be on, on an annualized basis uh, for the, for the uh, returns. So if you were... Um... If you were going in for two years, uh, you, you double those those figures as a total number for it to be. And and how do you how do you uh, factor 
um, the like, like what uh, and maybe pick a, a specific one that you've looked at recently. Um, how do you look at your uh, your risk factors around uh, how how achievable these returns and what what would need to go wrong for it to really go wrong? Well, this one is quite project specific, so it would uh, it would really depend, yeah, you know, what, what what stage uh, of of the project the developer is at. Uh, there's one that we're looking at right now. Um, it's it's kind of a it's a it's a sales loan. Um, yeah, it's a sales period type of loan. So they they've almost completed the build, but they they just need like a, a little bit of a top up to um, to to basically uh, just finish it. Uh, so complete the build, and so that would be a second charge on the project. For this particular one, you know, what we're looking at is um, how attractive the, uh, the 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 property is, because the exit is the sell of the property. So we're looking how um, you know how attractive and how uh, busy the sales market is for for this type of property in the uh, in the area where where they're developing it, because the. The development risk is, um, you know, is pretty much uh, gone because they, they've almost completed uh, the property at this stage. So we're looking at, you know, still multiple exits. See how long it's gonna, it may take to sell the property at what price, and if it doesn't sell, you know, what's uh, what's Plan B? And um, does Plan B uh, is, uh, you know, work well enough to uh, to repay uh, our second charge loan or not? And how important is um, the experience of the people that you're getting involved with? It's very important up to a level. So we, I think, and that probably works, uh, that, that probably applies to everybody who's looking to invest in property, uh, you know, in other people's projects. If you don't know someone from, um, from before, then you're probably going to be wanting to see some kind of experience from these people. You know, you want to see from them that they've done it before, um, and that's why you know for, for people who are starting in property, it's a lot easier to to go to friends, family, colleagues to uh, to raise money for for their first project. Uh, but as far as we're concerned, unless we know the people from um, from our corporate life or they are friends will be looking at people who've done it before. So if it's, uh, if it's a, a business partnership, we'd be looking at a, a business partnership that's been tested over at least you know, two or three projects, just, uh, just so that we can, you know, we can be comfortable with uh, how they do things and have tested the relationship and uh, you know, they've, they've made it work. And uh, your, um, it's fascinating hearing you guys Talking because you've you've created a, a business um, which, um, while your clients are I suppose property developers and property uh, investors who are, are looking for funding, and, and your business essentially helps uh, people raise those funds in a way um, of of having compliant quality investor packs that you know have. Uh, make it easy for people to buy the the value that you're creating is actually uh, as much on the uh, private investor side where you're making it easier for them to 
um, make assessments uh, about an opportunity. So when, when someone uh, is looking to invest in a, uh, a large, maybe publicly listed business, there's, a, um, there's usually a, a team of people um, who are preparing the relevant, uh, both compliance and marketing information and um, and, and they, can, they can number in the hundreds in, in large uh, investment organizations or, or even thousands when I think about it. Um, but when you're a, a private investor uh, who is looking into the market and can see sub 1% uh, interest rates in, in most uh, what would be regarded as, as relatively risk-free investments, to up your uh, up your sites and, and get involved in, um, in property deals and property finance, you're, uh, you're dealing with typically much smaller organizations um, where you've got uh, entrepreneurs who are sometimes solopreneurs or their small business partnerships who don't have the hundreds of of compliance and marketing staff to prepare packs and having a uh, having a simple, easy to read pack must must make life a, a lot easier for a, a private investor. Yeah, ab absolutely. I mean, we, we're not looking for you know fancy marketing brochures or anything like that. What we want is just um, reliable um, and verifiable information from the people that we're looking to to work with and. Um, you know, it, property is uh, is uh, works really well when you've got the, the right uh, business partners or the right support to uh, to to make all the projects work. And uh, you know that, that's the same uh, with um, approaching investors, preparing uh, investor packs for investors. It's all about um, getting the right help to to make sure that you incorporate the right information. And you you are in the best position to uh, to maximize your chances to to get investors to uh, to support you to support you and your project. It, it, it's interesting. Um, I, I think there's a um, I, I can relate to this sort of immediately. Where um, I, my my own um, property investment uh, essentially I, I'm a deal maker where I I, I put groups of people together within a deal so uh where typically someone will be bringing the money in someone will be uh running the operations and and what what that uh what that looks like will vary based on what the deal is um so we're primarily focused around social housing portfolio projects where uh sometimes the uh, the, uh, the the properties are needing refurbishment, and so there has to be someone involved, um, ideally at, at a director level, who is a refurbishment expert. Uh, where there's a um, where there's a likely to be an ongoing um, um, property management aspect, there has to be an experienced landlord in the category. Uh, that you're you're looking to get in. Uh, 
and always is there needs to be someone who's uh, on top of the numbers, ideally from a, uh, an accounting or or, uh, or similar background. And um, I, I find that um, one of the biggest constraints that um, property investors that that I, I see who uh, have taken that that leap where they're they're looking to go past the uh, the stage of having a um, you know a, a handful of buy to let properties that are within a couple of miles of where they live uh, is that they they don't realise is there's a there's millions of people uh, who have skills uh, abilities businesses that have spent years developing skill sets, connections, expertise, uh, that they're passionate about the, um, the, the limestone mortaring uh, and render that we were talking about earlier, or they're passionate about uh, analyzing cash flow statements or whatever the, the, the case may be. Uh, like I, and I know that I'm not into design at all, not, not in the, the slightest. Um, it's actually embarrassing when I, I think about it. Um, what, what bits within property, uh, you, you both sort of express that you're not into the bricks and mortar. What, what's your favorite part of a, 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 a project? I, I like reviewing projects. <laughs> I like uh, crunching numbers and, and see if it works. Uh, you know, so just, uh, I like checking things. I suppose it's my, uh, you know, analytical investment background that's uh, that's helpful there. You know, it's really what I, what I enjoy the most. So just uh, looking at a project, analyzing it, see if it makes sense, and um, and if it does, you know, and if we like the people behind it and all that stuff, we will will invest. And uh, yeah, that's that's really what what you know gets me excited when I think about property projects. How about you, uh, Karen? Right, so for me, it's uh, the people in property. Uh, I really enjoy meeting all these different, interesting people in property with uh, a varied background. So where I come from, uh, from the corporate world, you know, it's it's quite standard. You know, everybody has more or less the same background to then be able to enter the field that I'm in. So everyone speaks the same language. They think the same way. And I've discovered in property that because, you know, people can come from anywhere, uh, they bring a completely different skill set or viewpoint to a project. Uh, and that in particular, I've quite, I found really interesting in my property journey. And that is what motivates me to want to continue to partner with different people in property, you know, simply to just get the experience of working with different people. Well, guys, um, I really appreciate your, your time and um, good luck with finding the, uh, your next investment and, and indeed um, realizing um, the objectives of the investment uh, at, at the other side. Uh, you're, you're doing really well and I'd like to get you on with your permission for uh, uh, another couple of podcasts, ideally about those quality investor packs. Um, so thanks very much. I'm, I'm Will Mallard. This is My Property World. Karen Yuen and Antoine Dufresne, you're most welcome. Thank you, Will. Thanks, everyone.